Consumers are becoming more intelligent, more aware of the market and the industry. And, you know, you've got to have, a let's say, an edge over your competitors. Is your product more sustainable? Is it more suitable for, like, let's say, a higher quality of life? What is your product actually providing them rather than, let's say, just a standard sort of household item? So, you know, seamless shopping, uh, affordable sort of payment options and a product that does something different. I think that's one thing that we're trying to, let's say, get ahead of. And the customers are already there. You know, they're in the shopping experience. They know what they need. So it's about being there and being ready. Hi there. Welcome back to CC Talks. Here is your host, Hilary Severi, the head of Markham and Creative Studio Creative Clicks. In our podcast series, we explore a wide spectrum of topics from social media, performance marketing, online advertising to current marketing trends and insights. And as our regular listeners know, we also dive deep into the world of creative clicks, discussing the myriad opportunities we offer and so much more. Today, as the crisp autumn air starts to hint at winter's approach, we're diving deep into a topic every e-commerce enthusiast, but also expert, is keenly focused on, the bustling Q4 season. And yes, I mean, aka also the holiday season. Today, we're not just talking products, though. We are also unraveling the intricate tapestry of marketing strategies, performance metrics, and emerging trends that shape the e-commerce landscape, especially as we march towards the holiday season, as we said. With supply chains under pressure and consumers becoming even more discerning, how can businesses rise to the occasion? So to shed light on these questions and more, we have invited Harrison Augie, our product manager for e-commerce. With eight years of rich tapestry of experiences, including launching his first business at the young age of 18, Harrison has witnessed firsthand the meteoric rise of an Australian e-commerce brand, growing it from scratch to a whopping 250 million in just two years. After this significant achievement, he took his expertise overseas, now here in Amsterdam with us, immersing himself in high-performing markets and eventually joining our ranks at the performance-driven powerhouse that is Creative Clicks. Now, without further ado, let's give him a warm welcome. Hey Harrison, thank you for joining us today. How are you? Hello, Elara. Yeah, what a pump up. That's uh, a great <laughs> intro you guys have got. I'm doing very well, thank you. And uh, yeah, very happy to be here talking Ecom Q4 and all the things we can look forward to towards the end of the year. Well, I mean, that's your story. That's your background. So we didn't have to pump it up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, always sounds better when it's coming from somebody else. But yeah, I'm no, very happy to be here. Great. And we're happy to have you here. So just get it started. How do you see the Q4 season shaping up for e-commerce businesses from a marketing standpoint? Yeah, well, I mean, Q4, yeah, it's a season in itself. You know, the rest of the year is also very important for e-commerce. But, you know, Q4 ultimately is, uh, let's say, the premiership quarter, as we say in Australia. Um, we're preparing for this sort of period all the months prior to. Um, and from a marketing standpoint, it is really the core crux, I guess, of, uh, let's say, success. You know, it's competitive in the industry these days. Since COVID, we've seen more uh, entries into the e-commerce space than ever seen before. International markets are adapting. And so, you know, you really do have to be in your A-game come Q4. And Q4 really is that sort of time period where you get to see who has prepared properly. You know, it's always messy, it's super competitive, but ultimately it's the most important period for us. For many reasons, you know, we have Black Friday, Cyber Monday, um, the big festive season, Christmas and New Year. So. You know, a lot of businesses do rely on the Q4 period to be their, you know, their main revenue source, but 
it also can then also be your your launch pad for the next couple of quarters as well. So juggling campaign management, ad creatives, ensuring ad accounts are, let's say, performing. You know, coming into Q4, we always see a slight dip beforehand, which can cause, you know, account, let's say, damage or banning, or let's say uh, you've got to rejuvenate things with fresh ads, fresh products. So it always puts a stress on the team heading into Q4, but it's always a great fun time and uh, we won't be lacking, let's say, any enthusiasm, motivation heading into our Q4. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, that's the moment to step up, right? Step up your game. Yeah, oh, exactly. I mean, if e-commerce is a crazy, crazy business to work in. And so, you know, you've got to have that natural enthusiasm and passion for it because, you know, you can spend the whole year on the tip of, you know, the tip of your toes and then you've got to do a little bit more. And so you really have to dig deep and find out, you know, what your team skills are. How can you double down on them and really utilize what you have in terms of resources? And, you know, ultimately, it's a great time for us. Uh, it's a great time for the market. It's a great time for the customers. Um, and so really, it should be an enjoyable time. Um, and we work towards it. Oh yeah. Yeah. Talking about consumers, because it is all about consumers. What do you think are the marketing and consumer behavior trends that will dominate the e-commerce landscape this holiday season? Yeah, that's a great question. And this is probably any e-commerce, let's say specialist uh, dream goal, if they can achieve this. You know, if you can work out really what the consumer behavior trends are, you're going to have a great year and a great holiday season in Q4. So, you know, that's a big part of our job is working out how people are adapting, how they're behaving, um, how can we make their experience better and more efficient. And I think that's the biggest one for us, you know, with, let's say, so many competitors now in the industry, you have to have a seamless shopping experience. You have to allow your customer to be able to come through and have, you know, what they need within a couple of clicks and be out. You know, it's not necessarily about, let's say, bringing them through the funnel with the email marketing, but, you know, your online shopping platform has to be seamless. And so ensuring that they can come in um, and buy what they need and learn a little bit about what you're doing at the same time is always a really big important thing for us. So another one, buy now, pay later. You know, that's always been in the market for so long. And so I think, you know, if we can create that as a seamless shopping experience, you know, we do get ahead of the game as well as, you know, your products. Your products are what they're coming there for, whether it's a service or a product, you have to have reasoning behind them. Consumers are becoming more intelligent, more aware of the market and the industry. And, you know, you've got to have a, let's say, an edge over your competitors. Is your product more sustainable? Is it more suitable for like, let's say, a higher quality of life? What is your product actually providing them rather than, let's say, just a standard sort of household item? So, you know, it's seamless shopping, uh, affordable sort of payment options and a product that does something different. I think that's one thing that we're trying to, let's say, get ahead of. And the customers are already there. You know, they're in the shopping experience. They know what they need. So it's about being there and being ready. And I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but consumers' behaviors change constantly. So every season, I mean, certain aspect, I believe, stays the same, but a lot of other things change. I mean, also we are in a post-pandemic world. So definitely what's was a hit during the pandemic maybe has changed a little bit so how do you make sure to stay ahead of all these new behaviors yeah it's another great question because e-commerce is a predictive industry you have to start predicting things the things that are going to happen you know ai for one i'm sure we'll talk about that at some point so being able to be predictive in your analysis and your data, you know, utilizing what's been done in the past, but then how can you then add to that? You know, consumers are always growing, you know, they're getting younger as well. You know, you see the social media generation, TikTok, Instagram Reels, YouTube Shorts, you know, people want something quick, they're learning, they want to have information right at their fingertips. And so if you can, you know, take risk, if you can afford it and have the resources to predict certain things prior to Q4, you know, I really try and utilize that space as a research and development time for us. It allows us to be able to 
come into Q4 with some data and gives us confidence that the decisions we're making um, heading into the next quarter, you know, are backed by, let's say, consumer uh, behaviors that we've seen. Because, you know, at the end of the day, you know, people do obvious things. Consumers are, at the end of the day, just like us, they're humans. We are quite, let's say, intrinsic people, but our shopping behaviors are very simple. When we want something, we want it, and it's pretty obvious. And so if you can sort of tap into that market and uh, learn how to analyze that data, you can predict some amazing things, and that'll definitely be a, a bonus for your company moving forward. Great. And actually, this nicely connects to my next question because you, you mentioned data. And I mean, data is everything we work on. It's all around us and especially Creative Clicks as a performance marketing agency. This is all it is about. But then with so much data, because nowadays it's not like at the beginning. Now there's just so much out there. So how can you make sure that like e-commerce platforms make the most out of these data. How do they can or how can they harness data analytics to refine their Q4 campaigns? Yeah, I mean, e-commerce is essentially just a data business. You know, it's a fancy word for just data-driven decisions. You know, we are working in a company now that is based off performance data. And, you know, we back all our decisions based off data. It's the most confident way you can do business. And one thing I'll talk about on the opposite side, because I think a lot of companies would utilize this, but not in the, let's say, detail they need to, without you know, utilizing your data and like I mentioned, the predictive analysis based on that data, it can become a money pit. You know, you're throwing money into areas that you haven't quite tested or don't really know. And yes, you know, you see, you know, big winners in the market with that sort of stuff, but you know, that's the one percentile. Um, you know, if they take a risk and they make a lot of money really quickly and, you know, it's publicized and whatnot, but you know, if everyone follows that trend 99% of the time, you're going to fail at it. So that's why having your, you know, let's say your data, being able to analyze it in the correct of way, having a team to understand what it means and then be able to put that into your decisions, let's say your supply chain, your products, understanding your consumers, your website design, all these things should be backed by things that have been seen in the past and then you want to evolve from those. And so ensuring your data is clean, you know, and effective. So having that team of data analysts to be able to review what it actually means for you and your decisions is yeah, it's super important and will always be, you know, moving forward, data is the one thing that we can trust. You know, it's a real thing. It's not something we can grab, but it's something we can see and understand. So as long as you understand it, you'll make more cost-effective decisions, which ultimately lead to, let's say, a higher return um, in Q4 as well. Makes sense. And again, talking from a performance perspective, what would you say that are the critical, if there are any critical KPIs that businesses should prioritize monitoring and monitor during the holiday season? Wow, yeah, KPIs. Um, there's probably too many to list. <laughs> you know, if you're a business analyst, um, you could probably have 20 that you're looking at on a daily basis, on a weekly basis. So I really think Q4 in specific, you know, you're looking to convert. You know, prior in the year, you might be saying brand awareness and sort of, let's say, leads, clicks, what's our sort of click-through rate, um, bounce rate. But, you know, ultimately, like I said before, you should be building towards the big season and that's Q4. And so for us, you know, AOV, the biggest one for us, you know, the whole year you're testing, developing products, what are customers putting together? What are they liking? What are the trends we're seeing as well? You know, we see a lot of, let's say, health and like home improvement style of products doing quite well this year. And so how do we can then group them together and increase our AOV? You know, Q4 is obviously great. You have a high number of customers, but 
in a lot of cases, e-coms, a lot of e-com businesses don't have a lot of returning customer rates. So how can you maximize your average order value? In, let's say in the one time they are shopping with you or if they are returning customer rate, how can you then entice them to come back? So that's a big one for us. Conversion rates are obviously the biggest one as well. You know, you're looking to see how many sales you can bring in. Your biggest sales are always this time of year. You're obviously cutting margin to ensure the high number of people coming through. So you have to make sure that conversion rate's there. And ultimately, from a marketing point of view, you know your media buyers, your, your traffic specialists, your campaign managers, they have to be on the top of the game to ensure that the leads are coming through are high quality. You know, you've done all this work in the years um, and months leading up to Q4. So make sure the convert at a high enough percentage is really good. You know, a big thing for e-commerce stores, you know, you'll see a number of visitors and what's your conversion rate, how, what are they sort of doing? Um, there's different sort of platforms like Clarity and Hotjar where you can see, let's say, activity on the web page. So analyzing that and ensuring that, you know, the visitors that you're seeing are actually converting or if they're not converting, how can you be reactive as well? You know, Q4 is a big, big period. You have two massive events in Black Friday and Cyber Monday to start off, but it doesn't mean if you don't convert then, you can't then readjust in a reactive way for Christmas and New Year. People come back, people do preparation. Um, so I think conversion, AOV uh, is a big one. And also another one that I like to look forward to as well is we always plan for afterwards. You know, Q4 is an end of the year e-commerce people it's i think almost the start and so you know your customer lifetime value how do we then bring them back into it we spoke about returning customer rates and i think customer lifetime value is a huge huge underappreciated metric that you can let's say uh perform on you know you have all this work that goes into bringing customers to your store and they convert on black friday sub monday christmas how are you then utilizing them for next q4 or next q2 you know they're going to be buying things all year round so it's a big thing you know you prepare for now but i also love preparing for later that's great no it totally makes sense and indeed like I think this is about the end goal, which is, I mean, is it short-term gain or long-term gains? So look at long-term, like if you want to constantly keep growing, then those are the customers that you should get and you should manage to nurture throughout time. Exactly. And the customer is, you know, something that needs to be nurtured. You know, that's why email marketing these days is so important. Ensuring that they're in the funnel, they're in your community, in the ecosystem, and they're being nurtured. They're like a plant. You know, I've just got I've just got a few extra plants in my house. And, you know, ensuring they're watered weekly or like however they often they need to ensure that they stay in the best condition. It's the same with the customer. Keep them informed, keep them updated. Ensure that they're learning about your company, learning about your products, your services. If you're doing stuff outside the market, how is it benefiting them? Can they get involved? There's so many ways that e-com brands can, you know, nurture their customers on a long-term basis, which ultimately, you know, the doors always open, I think, for opportunities for customer and brand relationships. You saw the rise of influencer marketing, user-generated content. Big brands are now looking, you know, in other areas to source traffic. And so if you can look after your customers, you don't really know how that could then come back to benefit you and your brand and your awareness, um, you know, in Q1, Q2, Q3, um, sign a big deal in Q4. So, yeah, there's always opportunities in that realm. And well, about now you, you mentioned a few, well, more innovative marketing uh, ways like user generated content. Well, it's not born yesterday, but it's something that it's been growing, let's say, in, in, in the past time. So if we talk then about innovative technologies or innovative marketing technologies that business should leverage to stay ahead in this Q4 race, what would come up to your mind? 
Yeah, I think I touched on it briefly, expecting us to talk about it at some point. It's uh, yeah, it's the elephant in the room when you talk to anyone in e-commerce and probably most uh, industries now, it's AI. You know, I think, yeah, it's it's funny. You talk to anybody and they have a different opinion on it, but regardless if they like it or not, they're probably using it. And so we obviously utilize it here. It's a tool that I think it will revolutionize the world. You know, it's been compared back to, you know, uh, internet, even motor vehicles, you know, the thing that's really changing. And there's always that period, I think, you know, the past 12 months, 24 months where people have, you know, rejected it or gone, no, yeah, like, you know, exactly. we're doing fine without it. We don't need this new thing. Or this thing is gonna destroy the world and we're gonna die. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. There's always doubt. There's always doubt around this sort of stuff. I'm here, I would say, as well. Yeah, exactly. Because how many jobs now, you know, are computerized? You know, technology is making things more efficient, more streamlined. Um, you're cutting costs. Your, you know, your production, your output is doubling. Um, and so, of course, that's going to create fear. But I think e-commerce being you know, an online space, you have to be able to adapt. And um, if you can't adapt in markets, you're going to be left behind. And ultimately, being left behind means you eventually have to you know, close down or you know, sell off or yeah. you know, let down that sort of community that you've built. So yeah, AI in particular, I think, is something that you need to utilize. Um, utilize it in every capacity you possibly can. And that doesn't mean if you're, let's say, a business owner or operations manager that you need to start cutting people, but then utilizing the people in those roles to, let's say, upskill themselves or yeah. make their role more efficient. You know, I don't think um, a lot of companies are in the space to let people go in replacement for AI just yet um, because, you know, the human brain and the human knowledge and the understanding that we have um, is the best thing that, you know, we have. You know, we understand ourselves, which means we understand the consumers, which are our endpoints. End so, yeah, utilizing AI just to leverage yourself, become more efficient. You know, what was your output last year? from let's say a data point of view or a technological point of view, your website design, your copywriting, your your content writing, you know, what was the output prior to AI? And then I would also set some KPIs and metrics mm. for what you'd expect it to be in the years to come. And if you're not making progress on that, then I think you need to reevaluate the AI tools you're using. Yeah. You know, that big space now. There's so many different platforms, free and paid, that you can start, you know, acquiring to really sort of leverage yourself. So yeah, I have to leave it at that because AI is just like it's just so pivotal. And if you're not using it, you know, you will be left behind in some capacity. But yeah, use it to your strengths, not your weaknesses. No, absolutely. This is something actually we also mentioned in our latest podcast that where I actually was for once the, the guest and not the host, where we talked about our in-house creative studio and the way that we're now also leveraging AI. But I mean, it's there and it's there to stay. That's what I also said. But the important thing is knowing and learning how to use it, because I think that's the thing. You cannot really judge a tool without trying it. It's like you can't say I don't like a dish if you've never tried it. It's a bit the same. Yes, concept, exactly. You know? And I think since it's going to be there to stay, we got to really understand how to make the most out of it. And I think super interesting what you just mentioned that how can we really know whether AI is a good addition to the team, let's say, if we're not measuring it? So I think measuring the performance before using AI tools and now using the AI tools and seeing how things have changed, it's a great way to understanding the tool better and to understanding how it's been used. I recently joined a few conferences talking about AI because it's a topic that I find super interesting. And the thing that, every, that came out most of the time is that, I mean, yes, 
AI will facilitate our life, but it still needs human input. And the thing about that is that to get the best output from the AI, you need to give the best input. So yes, that's something exactly. that you learn through time. You learn how the machine works, you understand what the machine needs, but there is still a human touch behind it. The machine mm. itself cannot generate the output without the human touch. And then the human side needs to be aware of what's needed to make the most out of the machine. Sometimes people use ChatGPT and they're like, yeah, but now I'm not getting great results. Well, but what kind of input are you giving the machine? So Yeah, exactly. It's another form of data. You know, if you input poor quality data, your output's gonna be poor quality data. Um, and I, I love the point you mentioned of how you understand it once the information is ready for you, because that comes down to education and, uh, and upskilling. So, you know, your employees can learn how to then read that information you receive because it will come in different formats. It will come in different styles. And that's what AI is about. It's about putting together information and outputting it there for you to understand and then utilize. And so, yeah, having the human base and knowledge to be able to then adapt that into your own workspace is massive. So yeah, and great to hear you're going to conferences, you know, people need to learn about it. And uh, the more people talk about it, the better it'll be. There is a lot of, yeah, I mean, lack of knowledge and misconceptions. So I think now we are in the phase where we need to educate ourselves and then we can, you know, make our final yeah. opinion out of it. Learn to control it, you know, everyone's thinking it's controlling us, but at the end of the day, we are in control. So utilize that control to the best of your ability. Indeed, absolutely. And well, so to starting to wrap it up, this Q4 season, e-com holiday season. Um, so for, let's say, the newcomers in the e-commerce sector, what fundamental advice would you offer to ensure a successful Q4 from a marketing perspective? Well, uh, advice, where do I start? We probably don't have enough time. I'll hit the main points, I think, but preparation. You know, I think e-commerce is a very reactive uh, space because it's always changing, but preparation is always number one. You know, you have to ensure your creatives are ready, your accounts are healthy, you know, you have traction and good engagement. How are your, let's say, affiliates working? Are they happy with certain things? You know, really flush out the system. I like to call it like a do a detox prior in the quarters beforehand. So really find that your channels are healthy, they're operating, and you're not left behind wondering and waiting and why, why it isn't performing. You know, you want to give yourself the best opportunity to receive, you know, some great success in Q4 and preparation is key for that. Another one is understanding what you're trying to achieve. You know, a lot of companies start out with a plan um, and, you know, whether you see success or not, the plan does change. And so always go back and adjust. What are your goals? What are you trying to get out of Q4? Are you trying to just make a whole lot of profit in a really short period of time and then sort of trinkle off into some other sector? That's fine, but prepare for that. If you're trying to sort of build something long-term, have the key goals and KPIs that set yourself up for that moving forward. Again, like I mentioned, understand your performance metrics. You know, they will always be different during this time in both a good and bad way, but understand how to analyze them in a healthy sort of mode um, and allow yourself to be able to utilize that metrics for the next year. You know, Q4 will give you a lot of data and that data will ultimately shape how you change your business in a good way or a bad way. You know, with comes traffic, comes feedback, you know, comes customer experiences, um, comes marketing metrics, you know, your, your click-through rates might skyrocket, but your cost of clicks might also skyrocket because they're low-performing clicks. And so there's many things to, let's say, measure, but take them with a pinch of salt. You know, go with the flow a little bit, allow for the data to come in because one day it might be one thing, another day it might be the other. So um, another one is make your offer unique. 
you know, Q4 is super saturated. There's a lot of businesses that come up, you know, in like, let's say June, July, August, in September prior to Q4, really just sort of preparing themselves for this big bull rush and then exit. And so ensuring that your brand and your product and your service and your marketing strategies are quite, you know, unique to you guys. And that can stream from, you know, your email marketing programs and the information you've received from your customers and your communities beforehand. So yeah, that's a big one. That also then leads me down to how can you beat your competitor or stay ahead? You know, Q4 being so saturated, make yourself stand out from the crowd. You know, if you need to take, you know, a few sort of shortcuts into getting there, but make yourself stand out, you know, pre-sales, VIPs, get ahead of the game. Can you start Q4 before the even quarters started? I'm a big believer in creating your own quarters. And that's something we've tried and tested before and it's worked, you know. Consumers want the deal first, right? So if you can get it to them, they will 90% of the time take it. That does come with some risk, you know, because then, you know, have you peaked too early? Are you then giving up too much too soon? And so it's always a test, but, you know, test and try these different types of things and see how it goes for you. Amazing. I think these were all uh, great ideas and pieces of advice. So thank you so much for sharing. Pleasure. I mean, to conclude, is there anything else you think you've missed or you would like to tell our listeners? Yeah, definitely. There's always uh, a big thing that I, let's say, emphasize with my team, um, and that's making your environment enjoyable. You know, e-commerce is an amazing space. We're doing incredible things. Um, it's it's super inspiring to see the different businesses popping up and what, what let's say, traffic can bring us. Um, you know, it's creating lives, it's creating opportunity, but make that space enjoyable for your team. You know, Q4 is super busy. It can be really stressful. You know, you have a lot of time constraints. Um, you have a lot of people under pressure. There's external things. And at the end of the day, you are a consumer yourself. So, you know, be kind, work together, collaborate, and allow yourselves to celebrate the wins um, as much as, the, you know, enjoy the losses because it's highs and lows but as long as you have a healthy uh, and good environment you know your team will success in the long run amazing well thank you so much for joining us today harry thank you so much larry it's been a pleasure great and well thanks also to all our listeners who are following us who've been listening to us or maybe to the new listeners welcome i hope you had fun and and you liked this episode if you have not done it yet make sure to subscribe to our CC Talks podcast on Spotify, Apple and Google Podcasts or wherever you get your podcast and also ideally to leave a review. Till next time.